Moments with Moni can be heard on Anchor, Stitcher, Overcast, Apple, and now Podchaser. You can also find my blog and Facebook page and link tree filled with many links in my show notes. And now on to today's episode. We're live. It's Moments with Moni, and I have a special guest for you today. Her name is Meg Gleesner. I met her through the Christian Podcasters Association, and she has been actually a very big help to me as I got started. Um, I thought we were just like a few months apart in starting, but she's like a year ahead of me and she's got a lot of knowledge in it, and she's been helping me get going in this endeavor. So I'd like for you to meet Meg Gleesner. Hi, Moni. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited. I could tell when I met you, we're going to be good friends. And I have super enjoyed sharing podcasting with you. And we're both in the Pacific Northwest and you're doing a great job on your podcast. I love Moments with Moni and I just feel so blessed to be on. Yes. And you have your own podcast yourself, which we call Letters from Home. Could you tell me, where did you come up with that name? I meant to ask you that earlier. Oh yeah. I'd be glad to share. So in second Corinthians 3, 3, it says that our lives are like a letter written by Christ. And my podcast, Letters from Home, is about life stories and what God is doing in lives. So letters, letters from home, it's like a little bit of a letter from heaven. Mm-hmm. heaven's doorstep to yours. So on my artwork, there's a picture of a bird uh, with an envelope in its mouth, pulling the rainbow down from the sky. So I hope to just encourage people like you're doing and just encourage people with stories of how God's working in everyday lives like yours and mine. Awesome. That's wonderful. Thank you. So what caused you to go into podcasting? Why did you start this? I was listening to a podcast, the first one after Anthony Bourdain passed away. I wanted to find out more information about him because he was my favorite chef and I was so sad when when he passed and I was Googling information and I found it said a podcast and I didn't really fully know what that was. And I listened to a podcast and while I was cleaning and cooking and hearing all about Anthony Bourdain and I thought, wow, cooking and cleaning went by so quick. Maybe there's something more spiritual with more of an emphasis that would encourage my soul while I'm cooking and cleaning. And I started Googling. I didn't know what I was doing. I just was looking for podcasts and I found some that were like, oh, Jesus and, you know, housekeeping, Jesus and this. And I thought, wow, just what encourages me? And I thought what encourages me is when I hear testimonies. And when I hear testimonies about what, how someone got saved, what God has done in their life, it lifts my spirit. And I thought if it lifts my spirit, maybe it will lift someone else. And the second I thought about that and I Googled how to start a podcast, I have 30 faces in my mind of people that encourage me when I think about their lives. It's my goal for the listeners to hear everything from a biblical foundation, a biblical perspective. Sometimes in life, we kind of do things because we're used to it or we've always done it that way. I mean, even in church, that happens. So it's always good to stop, take a look at what life is compared to what God says it should be. So I invited you on today for a discussion on the church. So I guess we need a definition of what the church is. Do you want to attempt that? 
it's a topic I'm very passionate about. We had a house church for uh, more than 15 years and um, the church, when you look at the word, the actual word in the, in the New Testament, it is ecclesia, which is a called out people, right? Called out mm -hmm. from the world, God's people, the body of Christ, where Christ is the head of the church. So I think the church is something that is a local expression, like, oh, we can go down the street in our neighborhood and there's a place where God's people gather and Christ is the head of the church. And then there's the universal church, right? Throughout the whole world, we are brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the whole world. Yes, the church to me is the bride of Christ. Mm. We are in the church age. We are coming close to, I mean, we see things around us, uh, all the stage set for the future beyond the church age. But for right now, as we are here uh, as believers, the Holy Spirit is still on the earth. And um, as ambassadors for Christ, we have an opportunity and a responsibility to share the message of God from a biblical perspective, from a biblical foundation. I know there's a lot of things going on right now in the world, and it's really hard when we're faced with all of the negative things that are coming at us each day. But as a believer, uh, we have such good news to share. And I know in your life, you've been doing that. Um, you work with a lot of teens, don't you? And share God's word with them. I do. And what you're saying about all that the world's going through there, there's so many beautiful things that I've seen the way the church has responded. Oh yeah. In, in Ephesians four verse first verse 15, it says we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual art causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. And one thing that I've seen in the church is for me, one little piece of the body that I'm involved with is working with youth and trying to get creative about what that looks like in a zoom world in a world where we haven't been able to connect in person. We have been playing games. We're doing Bible study. We're learning new apps on the phone. And so I think, watching God's people and the creativity that's come out of the love God's people have for one another. And also how can we reach others and not just be ingrown, right? How can we reach out to others? And I'm sure that's something on your heart too. And all the churches around. Yes. We are trying to prepare for whatever may come down the road. So whether it's in person or on the internet and sharing in different ways, we're trying to prepare for that. Um, as believers, we should be there to help our neighbors uh, in person if we can. And, and it was so good to go back to church. Uh, I'm in Idaho, so we're already open. And you got to go? Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Are you jealous? <laughs> in a good way. I am jealous. It's not going to be till September later for us. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my, my. Yeah, um, I'm on the worship team, too. So it was so much fun to be. Of course be. you are, Moni. <laughs> oh, so good to be back with our church family. Yeah, I'm sorry you can't. But, you know, I, we were praying earlier and how wonderful it is that even though we're so far apart, 
because of technology that can be used for good, we can be an encouragement to each other and see each other, although it's technically, but face-to-face on a screen is better than not being together at all. So I appreciate the encouragement that you are already in my life. Yeah. So how are the, uh, how are the youth taking this in your life? Well, it's, it's interesting because I go to a leaders meeting once a week and a lot of, it's been interesting to watch the flow of what's happened through quarantine. We started off with a bunch of kids and it's now all of the different small groups. We have a fairly large church and probably, probably a dozen to 15 small groups. I work with 10th grade girls and we start off with a bunch of girls and then it just kind of dwindled off a bit. You know, people are getting Zoom fatigue, but also I think a lethargy, almost like a, just a lethargy has come upon people. Mm -hmm. And I think just figuring out again, what's so important about being God's people and being shepherds issue. So there, there's a lot people are going through and I think it's important to believe the best and to know that the kids are trying and, you know, for, for all of God's people, it's easy to get judgy or we can say, maybe they're having a hard day. Let me just reach out to them with a text, a phone call. How can I bless you? One thing we did was a, a game night. So we, <laughs> it was a zoom game night and there's these online game things you can do. And we did prizes and we did prizes of delivering Starbucks drinks. So a week and a half ago, Ooh. I drove Starbucks drinks to six girls right to their homes. And they were so happy to see an actual face and hey doesn't a starbucks drink make you feel a a little normal (laughs) i mean in so many people they don't have jobs and there's a lot of financial concerns too so that weighs heavy on your heart but i've loved seeing the church be creative about how can we meet the needs of our youth how about our elderly a -hmm. lot of people are doing meal trains or sending sending uber eats cards and uh at our church we actually just opened something called a compassion center where we have had massive food drives to see how can we meet the needs of the people in our area. Because we're one thing that it means to be the church is that we're his hands and feet, right? We're the yes. hands and feet of the Lord. And we want our neighbors to see how much the Lord loves them and that he cares through these really difficult and stressful times. That's beautiful. And our church is doing the same thing in this area. And I've had a lot of people uh, call me up and drop things off on the doorstep when we were still quarantined. Yeah, I'm injured to a point where I don't get around very well. So for me, my part in this is now in this season of my life is a voice. And I am so thankful to have it here as a podcaster now and to be able to share God's love with somebody who um, might be all alone and just being able to listen to us talk about the things of God could be an encouragement to them when uh, during this difficult time, they have to be apart from everybody that they know and love. We have nurses that live around our area here. We've been sewing masks for them. Wonderful. Yeah. And larger families with kids and dropping off uh, frozen turkeys and (laughs) and food and all kinds of things. So it's nice. It's nice to be able to love one another as Jesus tells us to do. So as um, you know, you and I are grandmothers actually, right? Yes, indeed. You a little younger grandmother than I am. I have eight (laughs) and you have how many? 
number four is on the way. So yes, but you have eight children, right? Yes, eight yeah. children. Yep. I only have two sons, but eight grandchildren already. And <laughs> wow. so I think about you know the the future generations. Um, it's been said that God's word, uh, the Christian faith, can actually die. It only takes one generation to step away from it and it's gone. It'll be gone. As we see things developing here, how can we as older people, you think, speak into the lives of the youth? I think listening is so important. Almost all of my co-leaders are in their 20s. And let me tell you, these kids love the Lord. The millennials that I see are bright. They're passionate. They want to change the world. They love the kids. And it looks a little different than what we learned in our generation. And so I personally love working together with uh, m- millennials and well, and with all my fellow leaders. We try and have a balance where we have, you know, a couple of older leaders and younger leaders. But yeah, the younger generation, they're reading books. They're out there trying to make a difference in the world. You know, go follow, go follow some of your younger people at your church on Instagram. They're doing amazing things. Try and get into their world a little bit. You know, I I decided a few years ago because we have eight kids and our youngest two are our youngest three are teenagers. I want to understand their world. And so I dipped into Snapchat and, you know, we got like a snap family Snapchat going. It's so important as the church, as God's people and as shepherds to look out and see, try and understand what people are thinking. It's easy. And the enemy wants to make a division mm-hmm. between different age groups and the Lord and the Holy spirit wants to bring us together. So yes. I think that's a really important thing because they're, they're saying the same things, but sometimes it's put in a little different package. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see that too. It's always been really important to me to have a multi-generational church yeah. Because I've seen uh, back when I was homeschooling our sons, I could already see that every generation was shut away into a different area. We have kindergartners and those in nursing homes and those at work and nobody's living life together. Mm-hmm. And we lost the family dinner time and it got filled with sports and such activity. And now that we've kind of slowed down I've heard of a lot of families that are really enjoying their time together as a family without all the busyness and to look at life a little differently now. What do you think about them? Do you ever see them trying to walk into or walk with or give, speak into or listen to any of the elderly in your church? Does it work both ways? It absolutely does. Our youth pastor is so kind and loving and grounded and he he values every age group and i think that makes for a powerful church when there's that unity and that mutual valuing of of wisdom i always feel like i'm such an important part when i come to the youth group and there's 75 kids there and uh, eight ten leaders and i'm one of the two older ones in their 50s you know i I feel loved and welcome. And it's, it's, it's so nice to have that richness involved as we, as we share the love of Christ and serve together. So yeah, definitely the healthiest churches, it does go both ways. And, you know, it's real easy for it to get divisive on, 
many levels, whether it's the music or the message or the current topics of the day, all those kind of things the enemy wants to use to divide. But the Holy Spirit wants us to be of the same mind, rowing together in the same boat with Christ as the head of the church out there for the kingdom. Amen. Yes. Yeah, there's uh, a bit of talk, you know, in the elderly, even generation past me, an older generation of missing the hymns. And I, and I understand yes. why. And we still sing them in church, our church as well. And I appreciate them for the doctrinal uh, nuggets and just meat. And then I also see that our younger people have been in several generations now taught to live by their feelings rather than by thinking. And by doing that, I think it's changed the whole landscape of worship music to more of singing feelings over and over again, rather than accepting the truth of a doctrinal statement. And not only that in, in music, but I think it, it carries over into our lives and also creates that bit of a disunity. So I guess we could be looking at God's word as a foundation for all of that to find the center of where we could be uh, traveling yes. and following, you know, following God's after God's heart rather than our own preferences. My 19 year old Micah, I like what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Our 19 year old Micah came back from college after his first semester. And he said, mom, you know what the the greatest need in our generation is, is to be sober-minded. And mm -hmm. so I think maybe what you're sensing of just people reacting on feelings overall, and I sense the tendency on my own heart in life too, is to numb out. People do that with just watching Netflix all the time. They just want a break, so they escape and they, they watch Netflix or they're caught up with the internet or you know, some of the teens, a lot of them are caught up, actually not just teens are caught up in porn. There's so many mm -hmm. things that can numb you out so that your heart and focus is distracted mm -hmm. from other things. And that's something, that's something that's really important, again, as the hands and feet of Christ, as his people, to reach out to people because there's a lot of people struggling with secret sin and it's devastating our churches and it's reducing the number of people that uh, are out on the mission field. I have another son, Josiah, who's 24 and he's planning on serving in far off lands. And he's going to, he plans on a year after this fall, when he finishes his MBA, going to the Francis Chan school, which you can't sign up for that school unless you a hundred percent go to a far off land. And it's, I think four or five to one girl to guy ratio because and they, they were saying that the main reason is because of porn. So many young fellows are, and, and women too, the, the percentages for women are high or are yeah. addicted to porn and it just kind of eats away at a life. There is more meat for the mind in some ways for the old hymns, but you know, there's a lot of really great new songs as well. And yes. at our church, we happen to do, I think we have three services and we mix the songs around, but it's certainly a point of heat. <laughs> Yes. Definitely at our yes. church. Like I'm in a sewing group with um, some older ladies and I get to hear a lot of different uh, thoughts from different generations. <laughs> you know, I'm the same way. I, I don't know. Maybe God uses us as the ear for so long that now he's given us both a voice. 
Yeah, as we listen, he did give us two ears. So and one hey. mouth. So we do listen a little <laughs> bit more than we speak. And when a godly woman opens her mouth, it should be with his wisdom, not her own. Yeah, that's a very, very important point. And as we get older, um, you know, my, there are times when an older person will be a little grumpy. Um, yeah. It's not very becoming. It's just not becoming because we have so much as a believer and we are so blessed in this country. Uh, I was just shopping the other day and had a wonderful experience with uh, people that really wanted to help me. There was a, a, na a man with a Navy cap who helped me with my groceries. There were two young ladies that looked different than I did. And they came over and helped me put the things in my cart. They were sweet ladies. I don't have to tell you why or how they look different. I shouldn't have to do that because it's the heart that God looks at. He's looking at our heart and not um, the other things that are outside that uh, we do, that we have a tendency to look at. And the church, I'm glad you mentioned, yes, the uh, I see different churches with different leadership styles. You know, one, maybe one being the head over everything and, and another being an elder board. But what does God's word tell us about that? Does the verse come to mind? Because it does for me. Well, I think of, is it, is it Thessalonians and Timothy, where there's the list of the qualities of an elder and a deacon? and what that should look like and i i think so often in our churches we depend on like schooling and okay if you have this degree and this degree but the scripture you don't read anything about a degree you read about let him be the hu husband of one, one wife one, let him be yes. gentle and able to teach and watching his own children having his own home in order and there's this beautiful list of character and qualities so and you also see multiple leaders that this shouldn't be just one person like the verse i shared earlier it's each member contributing and i i think the healthiest leadership is also that where there's a group of members contributing and coming of one mind together and not one person or the watchers and the doers are one yes. leader doing everything. Yes, there's wisdom in many counselors. Absolutely. And so important to do that so that iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. You know, that means when two items are spinning around in different directions and they bump into each other, there might be some sparks that fly but eventually it's going to get a little smoother and won't be so many sparks. So as we all keep our eyes on Jesus, we can become more like him and those rough edges are rubbed off. And, you know, especially in church right now, as we are part of smaller bodies throughout the world, we are all learning how to become less selfish, less me-like, less self-like and more like Christ. Because one day, if we truly are believers, we will be in heaven with God forever. So it's probably best to learn to get along with your neighbor, your, your fellow believer now. One precious thing, and I totally agree. Yeah. One precious thing that I've really enjoyed is doing communion at home when they're doing it. Watch, yeah. We're watching as a family, we're watching the, the message and we have the communion time at home, but in first Corinthians, it 
one of the greatest joys of God's people is to stop and remember what he did on the cross, that he laid down his life, that he mm-hmm. shed his, his blood was shed for, for us. And it says kind of what you're saying, you know, it's, it's a, it says, do this until I come. So there's this beautiful celebration of fellowship and remembering all that the Lord has done to us. And we're doing it at home in our house and yes. other people in their home and we're doing it until he comes again. It's a beautiful, beautiful celebration. It's been so fun during quarantine doing that at home. I know it has been here too. It's been difficult, but um, yeah, that made it very special. Even though it was online, you felt like you were part of the body because of that. Yeah. And Jesus is coming. And um, I don't know about you. To me, the next thing on the calendar of God's calendar is a time for the church to be leaving this world. Call it what you want. Um, It is, I see that coming. And then once that spirit of the Holy Spirit that is within us is gone from this world, it's going to look a lot uglier. So right now is the time, God says, to bend the knee and to worship him by choice, because later on, he's going to make people do it not out of meanness. He's going to do it because he's just God. To me, the Bible shows me that God is the foundation of right and wrong. And so important in this time where lines are being blurred in the world, Mm -hmm. that I think as believers, whether we like it or not, we're starting to have to choose one way or the other to become more Christ-like or less Christ-like. But as we do, we're standing out brighter and brighter as lights in a dark world, which I think is a good thing. We need to be that salt and light for the world, meaning we want them to taste and see that the Lord, he is good. Yes, it's ugly, but there's hope. There's There's hope hope. in this world. You and I have already discussed about hope uh, in the past. Jesus is that hope. This world is not my home. Mm-hmm. And if I keep my focus on what's coming in the future, my, my ultimate future of a presence with God forever and ever in his presence, what's in the interim, yes, is disturbing. But if you know him, it takes that fear away because you can see that he's a loving God and that he doesn't want us to go through all of this. Uh, all of what will be coming. If you, I don't know if you, I read Revelation as a child under the covers and it scared (laughs) me half to death. Um, But since then, I've come to know more of his word and to come to know God as a loving God and to see that, um, yes, there's judgment coming, but if you love him, if you hide in him as the church should, then we're going to be with him forever. And we have a message of hope to share with all those around us. So I really appreciate you coming and sharing all that you have already today. Um, Is there anything else that you would like to share with my listeners? I like that you said that he's coming, he's coming again and heaven is real. And though quarantine has been hard and all the unrest going on in our country is very difficult But one thing it has done is stop us all in our daily lives, slow down and stop. This is going to be over. What we are living, how we're living is going to 
one day be over and i i think of john and where the lord said in the book of john i go to a prepare a place for you yes and if in my father's house are many dwelling places and i go to prepare a place for you and if i go i will come again and bring you to myself that where i am there you may be also and moni for me this is what drives my life and my home and my choices and how much I reach out to my family. Mm -hmm. I love them so much and I want them to be there in heaven with me, a home prepared. And that is what the church is. We're a group of people who are loving the Lord, who are meeting together, who are hearing God's word so we can be strengthened and reach out to as a mighty humble listening army to god's people in our neighborhoods in our countries and all the corners of the world so that we might prepare for that home that's coming we are so thankful that we have a god who loves us and has chosen to send his son to save us from an evil evil world and from ourselves Amen. from the world the flesh and the enemy Thank you so much for coming, Meg. I really appreciate it. God bless you. And I look forward to talking to you again. Amen. Thanks, Moni. Thank you. Bye-bye. Moments with Moni can be heard on Anchor, Stitcher, Overcast, Apple, and now Podchaser. You can also find my blog and Facebook page and link tree filled with many links in my show notes.